Welcome to the Side by Side podcast, where we connect busy female leaders to the practical resources they need for ministry today. We are your co-hosts, and I'm Annie Purdue Olson. And I'm Heidi Zwart. Today, as part of our Conversations That Matter series, we are going to be talking about feedback. Giving and receiving feedback is one of the most important and at times one of the most difficult conversations we're going to have as leaders, right? Yes, I so agree. And I am the first to admit that I love to give feedback. And some might say that it's really just my opinion, (laughs) but I am not so great at receiving it. So I'm great at giving it, not so great at receiving it. And my friend, Christy, who I interviewed um, a few weeks ago on our podcast, uh, who's an Enneagram coach, she said to me one time when describing type ones, which is me, that ones walk into a room and they immediately look for the suggestion box. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like that so (laughs) describes me perfectly. But see, I have to be careful when it comes to getting feedback because my natural defensiveness just it just rises and I can feel it rising in me. And I, I remember a performance review a few years ago where generally if I were to step back and look at it, it was really good. But there was one thing that I needed to improve and I fixated on that and I couldn't get past that. So this whole idea of feedback of giving and receiving is so important in such a great conversation. It's really one that does matter. I love how you talk about like the, the difference between giving and receiving, because mm-hmm. like, I agree with you. I think I'm, I probably see myself better as at giving it than mm. receiving it, or I prefer, let me put it this way. I prefer to give it <laughs> than to receive it. Right. 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 <laughs> but I think when, you know, when I receive feedback, I automatically, my brain automatically goes to the defensive mode. Mm-hmm. Is it's just like, okay, is this true? Isn't it true? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, you know, how can I defend myself about this? Or, or, you know, it's just like, you go kind of go into a mode that's really weird mm-hmm. when you're receiving feedback. And one of my favorite books, um, about this topic is called thanks for the feedback. It's mm-hmm. the art and the science of receiving feedback. Well, and that book is, I mean, we got have a lot as leaders, we have a lot of conversations about how to give feedback. Like what are the ways mm. that we need to give feedback? And there's tons of different like strategies out there for how to give feedback, but no matter how good you give it, if somebody isn't ready to receive it, mm-hmm. how helpful is it? So I think we need to talk about the conversation together. It's also, it's about giving feedback and it's also about receiving feedback. And One of the things I really liked about the book that I think can be a framework for us to even have this conversation that matters so much is that they talk about three different kinds of feedback, feedback that everybody needs to give and everybody needs to receive Mm. appreciation, coaching, and evaluation, three really important kinds of feedback. So let's chunk it down. Let's talk about each one of them, but let's start by talking about appreciation, which of course is my favorite kind of feedback, (laughs) right? That's a, it's a great place to start. And it reminds me of the conversation that I had with uh, my sister, with Krista Foss in um, one of our recent episodes called the art of the ask, because she works with volunteers. And one of the things that we really keyed in on is this idea of how important appreciation is and how to do it both privately and publicly and how there's a need for people to experience it in both places. And it's really, it's saying that thank you. And it's an encouraging people to keep doing what they're doing and recognizing their work and their efforts. You know, my love language is words of affirmation. I mean, as long as we're throwing out Enneagram, (laughs) let's talk about love languages too. Um, Mm. My love language is words of affirmation. And I think sometimes when people hear 
that someone has a, a love language of words of words of affirmation, they think, oh, great, that's easy. I can just say a couple nice words and move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, nope, uh, uh-uh, sorry, words are a really big deal to someone mm-hmm. that is words of affirmation, and it really does take a great deal of skill mm-hmm. to give the kind of feedback with words that people actually need. And so we tend to overlook the skill that is required when you are doing appreciation. Right. Totally. Cause it's, it's not just a pat on the back, you know, it also has to be authentic. And, and that resonates so deeply with me because authenticity is just one of my really strong values as a relator, you know, yeah. that's, that's one of the things I seek. And so I can tell pretty easily when people are faking it or when it's really generic feedback. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I like strengths because when you know somebody's strengths or you know, their love language or yeah. you Enneagram type or their Myers-Briggs, you can just customize that experience and make it so authentic and personal because when you speak from the heart, people notice and it, and it really matters. And I think that if you are in an organization that has some sort of employee recognition program, I think it's also really important to make it authentic and genuine because those can feel really generic. And I've seen that done really poorly and it feels forced and it's not as, um, appreciated by the receiver. And I think it's also important, again, to know how people like to receive that feedback, if it's public or private, because you can really actually do harm if you give somebody public appreciation when they they maybe are an introvert or they like to receive it a different way. Yeah, exactly. And I think, it, you know, it, um, to, in order for it to be authentic and for it to be personal towards them, it's almost like we got to be on the lookout for it. Mm -hmm. Like it's not something that you can do off the cuff. And I Mm -hmm. think sometimes people think appreciation is something you can do off the cuff, Mm -hmm. but it's not. You have to actually put on a different lens in order to be able to see the things that you need to see as a leader or as a parent or as a spouse, if you Mm -hmm. want to use appreciation as a form of feedback. So keeping a journal of successes Mm. is a great thing. I've seen even teams do this kind of feedback together when Maybe they start out the meeting with the first 10 minutes of saying, you know, highlight something about somebody else in the room um, that's really made uh, a significant difference in Mm. your life. Now, again, that's a public form of feedback. And what you just cautioned is really important. Not Mm -hmm. everybody loves that. So knowing what your people need means you've got to be on the lookout for it. You've got to know your people and you've got to be paying attention. Yeah. I think about that. Um, what came to mind as you were talking about that is just in my personal life and my family that every Thanksgiving, you know, we go around the table and we talk about what we love and what we're thankful for about one another. And we all know it's coming. We have a year to yep. prepare. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes people want to go first because they don't want their answer taken. But, yeah. you know, we've the first year it was a little weird. But the more we've practiced it, the better we've gotten at it and the more genuine and the more authentic it feels. And the joke is that every year I end up in tears. And so it's a matter of who Mm -hmm. makes me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You know, there is something that you're saying about stretching ourselves Mm -hmm. to receive the kind of feedback that we need to receive too. Mm -hmm. So again, we were talking about giving feedback. Mm -hmm. We're also talking about receiving it. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I need to stretch myself to hear feedback or to hear positive feedback or appreciation, even when I might naturally not see it that way, Mm. or I might not receive it that way. I remember when I was younger, people would give me compliments and I would Mm -hmm. tend to discount that compliment. Mm. Oh, that's not true. Or some sort of discounting statement every time Mm -hmm. I heard it. 
And I heard myself doing it over and over and over again. And it was almost like the Holy Spirit said, Annie, stop. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, all right. What, what is the one thing, you know, we've talked in our busy leaders guide and habits about just picking one thing that you want to change one Mm -hmm. thing that you want to do differently. And I picked one thing and I was just like, I'm going to just say, thank you. (laughs) Somebody gives me a compliment. I'm going to say, thank you. And I'm going to stop. Even though in my head, I was still maybe making all of those discounting statements up out my mouth was only going to come a thank you. Mm. I made that one habit change. And now I've gotten to the place where the discounting messages in my head, they don't happen anymore. Yeah. I can really truly receive that compliment. It's so true. And it's, I've had to work on that as well. So I can, I can so relate to that. One of the things that um, I remember being said to me at some point is that part of the joy of feedback is that the giver loves to give it. And when we discount that, when we say, oh no, it's not a big deal, or I don't really deserve that, or we just don't say thank you, it actually takes the joy away from the giver of that feedback. And so I've had to work on exactly the same thing. And it does make a difference in your mindset in terms of how you see yourself and how you start to recognize some of your successes that you might not Um, notice otherwise. Mm -hmm. So let's just call it a receiving feedback habit. How's that? Should we keep working on that? that? Yeah. (laughs) Let's start that out. Let's start a trend about that. Okay. Who's going to (laughs) start of all of our listeners here? Who's going to start a receiving feedback habit today? And what is your habit going to look like? (laughs) Because we really truly do need appreciation. So I think what I'm learning about what you're saying and what I'm saying is that we really do need to receive mm-hmm. appreciation and we need to give appreciation. Uh, really that in form of feedback builds us up. Mm-hmm. It edifies our strengths. It helps us become more of who we are and who God wants us to be. So I just, appreciation is really a critical feedback component. The second one that they talk about in that book though, is coaching. Mm. And I think coaching is also a really important form of feedback and then you and I, in episode seven, talked about asking good questions. Right. And I think as leaders, we talked about how we often get in the position of solving problems and giving answers. People jump into our office and, and they want us to just tell them what to do or how to mm-hmm. do it. And what the feedback is that people really need in that moment is more about asking questions. They're yeah. looking for coaching. They're not necessarily looking for answers. They want coaching that guides them on their own learning and growth journey. Mm-hmm. That's the stretch for us as leaders is how do we give coaching kinds of feedback? Yeah, one of the reasons why as a coach, I chose to become certified with Clifton Strengths and why I love it so much is because it does focus on what's right with people. So when we apply this to this idea of feedback in this conversation we're having, positive psychology theory really suggests that we focus on the areas of, of strength instead of weaknesses. Now, we clearly, we need to be aware of our weaknesses. And I think it's the responsibility of in a coaching relationship to make people aware of those things or to help them see mm-hmm. their areas. But um, Marcus Buckingham, who actually was one of the co-creators of Clifton Strengths, he wrote a book oh, probably two years ago called called The Nine Lies About Work. And he talks about feedback as one of the nine lies. And there are a lot of landmines that we have to navigate with feedback. But the most important one is that we all have our own worldviews and we all think that somebody thinks like us. And we've talked a lot about that in in 
our past episodes. That's kind of been a common theme. So what happens when we get negative feedback is that we go into this fight or flight response. Right. That we immediately put up those walls and that defensiveness that, that we talked about earlier, and they really don't hear you anyway. Right. You know, they become fixated on that one thing, just like I did in that performance review. So yes, we need to be aware of our weaknesses and coaching is a part of helping people see those, um, those dark sides or those uh, blind spots is a better way to say that. And that's really why I think good questions um, are so important to help people grow and learn and become aware of their strengths and lean into those strengths, but also mitigate some of those weaknesses. That's, it's so essential to really be able to do that. I mean, we were talking earlier about how giving and receiving feedback is really important where you and I, and, and I think a lot of leaders see that giving feedback is maybe a little easier than receiving feedback. <laughs> so sometimes it's helpful to have a model to think about what are the questions that yeah. I could ask that are going to help draw this out from them. And, you know, the grow model is one that a lot of people, leaders use, a lot of coaches use, which is just really simple. Let's start. It's an acronym G R O W. Let's start mm -hmm. with goal. What do you, where do you want to go? What's important to you? What's your goal here? Then mm -hmm. we go into the reality. Where are you now? What's true about what's happening right now? And then you can go into then exploring like options and what will you do about it? You know, how are you going to get there? What do you want to do about it? Mm. And I think sometimes we go to like, okay, here's your options and here's what you should do about it. And we mm. fit, forget about really unpacking that, you know, what is your goal? How do you want to grow? Um, where do you want to go in this whole thing? And I, I just, it really would be helpful for leaders, I think, to be able to spend a little bit more time having the kinds of conversations that matter mm -hmm. around goals and where you're at and where they want to go instead yeah. of just directly telling feedback, here's what you need to do and here's where you need to go. It's not as helpful. Right. And I, I'm a big fan of frameworks and, you know, structure. And I know we've had conversations yep. about that too. <laughs> um, so, and, and it's so important um, also to, prepare yourself for those conversations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I try to prepare my heart and mind. And of course, this is when I know it's coming and we don't always know when right. we're going to be getting feedback, but okay. if we're going into a one-on-one -on -one or we're going into a performance review, I think it's really important to prepare your heart and your mind. It's part of that leading self. Yep. Um, it's, it's self-talk, it's prayer, it's meditation. And I have to remind myself to listen because mm -hmm. our knee-jerk response when we receive feedback is to respond. And so pausing and mm -hmm. learning to sit in that and really think about how it is that we might like to respond to that comment or receive that comment, yeah. I think is an important part of that self-leadership. Um, I, I do, during the course of the conversation, encourage people to ask questions. I need to ask questions. Don't let there be ambiguity and don't guess about what you think the other person is trying to say, because that's when we go, our mind runs rampant yes. and we get ourselves into trouble with assumptions and judgments. And we can simply avoid that by asking those good questions. And that's part of being able to receive the feedback. So I think that's part of it is just acknowledging, you know, how we uh, are going to receive that and preparing ourselves for that conversation before we go into that conversation. And then if we're blindsided by a conversation, just making a mental note to pause before we respond. Yeah. You know what? I feel like sometimes we think a feedback conversation is a one-time thing. So once mm -hmm. we receive the feedback, 
especially when we're caught off guard and we don't respond in the way that we wanted to or hoped to, we're like, oh shoot, Mm -hmm. now I can't fix that. And I would really encourage all of us, myself included, that the conversation doesn't have to be a one shot deal. Mm. Like if you have questions and, or you didn't respond the way you wanted to, or afterwards you're thinking about it and ruminating on it and going worst case scenario, stop yourself, Mm -hmm. pause, use all the self-leadership stuff you talked about, and then be willing to go back and have the conversation again. Um, because I think those clarifying conversations are super powerful uh, and important Mm -hmm. when it comes to giving and receiving feedback. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think it is about leading self, so, you know, and leading others. And it's, it's coming back to that general theme of asking good questions so that we can have those conversations. You know, it's even asking good questions of yourselves. Like we can become kind of a self coach too, in this model, mm-hmm. um, in the sense of when we've received feedback, what are the questions that you want to ask yourself to help you unpack it? You get to own that feedback just because somebody gave it to you doesn't mean you have to do something. Mm-hmm. So I really think the self-coaching idea is really helpful too, is what are the questions that you're going to ask yourself mm-hmm. and understanding appreciation feedback and understanding coaching feedback can become really helpful when we talk about the third form of feedback, which is evaluation, mm-hmm. which is probably the feedback that we're most familiar with <laughs> um, because it dr- addresses like the expectations, it measures us against a standard, it clarifies the impact of your specific action. So in a work environment, mm-hmm. we're probably most commonly used to this type of feedback called mm-hmm. evaluation. I just want to pause here though and say how important appreciation and coaching is if you really want to have also effective evaluation feedback, because it's Mm. the hardest to give, (laughs) turn the coin over. It's also the hardest to receive. (laughs) Oh man. You know, I talked about my experience being on the receiving side of that performance review where really everything was all good. And I just got stuck in that one thing that wasn't, wasn't so great. And I, Two years in a row, I had to write and deliver 18 performance reviews (laughs) during the month of January. So it wasn't always my favorite month. No. (laughs) So, you know, it was the typical performance review where there was a scale. So it was one to five, but then there were specific questions that they had to answer. And then I had to provide my feedback. And so I had 18 conversations with people telling them what they did well and telling them some of those areas that they needed to maybe make some improvement on. And, you know, it's easy to have those conversations when it's good news, when, you know, you're, the person is getting a five out of five, or they're just, they're your, one of your rock stars, right? Mm-hmm. But when you have to t- have those quote unquote need improvement conversations, um, they're difficult. And that yep. is where people do get stuck. And I saw it happen as well, um, where people would just could not quite get past that one piece that they needed to work on. Yep. And that, and that's what makes evaluation feedback so hard to give because we know that it's going to land on people in different ways. Um, and especially when we have such positive feedback to give. And mm-hmm. so we know when we talk about those areas that might not measure up to standard that we're mm-hmm. evaluating, that might not measure up to standard, we know that they're only going to hear that. And so because it's incredibly difficult to give, the temptation for us as leaders is to avoid 
giving it and think that maybe coaching or appreciation can fill the gaps. Mm -hmm. So we'll coach around something or have a conversation and ask some really good questions around something that's come to our attention, or we'll appreciate those areas where they really are strong and only focus on those. But when evaluation is absent, we really do need this form of Mm -hmm. of feedback Mm because when it's absent, we will use our natural default will be to look to the coaching and the appreciation fig- feedback to figure out where we stand mm-hmm. because we want to know where we stand. Right. We really do. Yeah. And so then we'll make up stories in our head to fill in the feedback gap. So if we're not giving our people evaluation feedback mm-hmm. and doing it effectively, then people are going to fill in the gap. And so they'll mm-hmm. say things like, you know, it's just like, okay, well, they give me so much coaching on like, how I reply to emails. And we have so many conversations on how I reply to emails, but they never say anything about my presentations. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Maybe my presentations aren't very good. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not measuring up to standards with my presentations. Maybe, you know, so it's just like, we start stories in our head that we need to stop. And I know that it comes from like history Mm -hmm. of maybe bad feedback, delivery systems or our own insecurities inside. It's that self-leadership and others leadership stuff that maybe has gone awry in the past. I remember I was at this training and on the break, one of the participants in the training came up to me and uh, just leaned in and said, I have some feedback that I'd like to share with you. Well, immediately my palms got all sweaty. My heart started to race. I was expecting evaluation feedback in my head. I had Mm -hmm. a standard that I was trying to achieve. And I was like, oh, shoot, they're going to tell me I'm not measuring up to that standard. And I immediately reacted. Turned out they were giving me appreciation feedback. Mm-hmm. It was a totally different bucket. Yeah. Um, but our, our need, what happens inside of us can make this evaluation feedback the hardest mm-hmm. to give. I loved what you said about kind of we bring our past experience, mm-hmm. right? So let's say we even going back to family, if we have a uh, critical parent, you know, we, we might see feedback very differently. And so it's this worldview that we bring into this world of feedback, which is what, what Marcus Buckingham talks about, you know, why it's so, um, why feedback can be a little skewed and why it's hard to navigate. It's one of the landmines. Um, I think that it's so important. This, this framework of appreciation, coaching and evaluation is so important because if we do the other two, right, then by the time we get to this evaluation feedback, um, we've built relational equity. Yeah. Somebody feels like they're heard. They feel like they've been appreciated. They feel like they've been coached. And so when you comes to the evaluation, they can receive, hopefully, uh, the, the needs improvement uh, conversation a little bit better. And one of the specific strategies that I've used when having to deliver that kind of feedback to somebody is to partner with them. So rather than saying, this is what you need to do, Now, there might be times when you need to be very direct like that, um, that needs immediate attention, but how can we do this collaboratively, you know, to acknowledge that their heart or their intention might be good, but that they might not be receiving or might not be, the recipient might not be receiving that the way it's intended. And so to partner with them and say, I know what you're trying to accomplish, um, but it might not be received as that. How can we accomplish that together? And that sense of partnership can really help bridge that, um, that gap of that quote unquote negative feedback. That's so important because you were talking earlier about biases mm-hmm. and how uh, our feedback is not accurate. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just admit that when we're giving feedback to someone else, mm-hmm. it's biased and it has a one-sided perspective, right? So if we go in there into an evaluation form of feedback delivery, 
and we, and without acknowledging that, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that we will create a defensive response in that other person. That's not giving feedback. Well, we're not setting the stage for them to be able to receive that feedback. Well, and then when our feedback isn't received, no solutions can occur. You can't create that partnership. So what you're talking about is really combining that coaching along with that evaluation coupled with or tripled with (laughs) appreciation to really put those things together. Imagine the power of all three of those kinds of feedback working together year round rather Mm -hmm. than some annual review Mm -hmm. that only provides one kind of feedback. We need all three of these kinds of feedback, appreciation, coaching, and evaluation, because it gives us a framework to think about adding more variety in the Mm -hmm. kinds of feedback that we give and how we might ask for feedback when we need it. So feedback is really complicated. And I think that this, this framework of these three kinds of feedback helps us to know what do we need to start looking for? Every leader here should start keeping a journal of what they want to appreciate, coach, (laughs) and evaluate Mm -hmm. in their people. Yeah. And if you kept track of that and then started talking about it all year round with this framework, I really think it could make it make a difference in how mm-hmm. people receive feedback and how we give it. If I were to bottom line, like this whole conversation that we have, one of my takeaways, even as we've talked, is that we really have to be givers and receivers, right? Yes. Like feedback, is, it's often seen as a one-way street. It's, but it's really a conversation. And I think if we approach feedback as a conversation, that it becomes a dialogue and it becomes a conversation that matters. That's what a conversation is. It's a back and forth between two people. And if we think about, you know, iron sharpening iron or working side by side with one another, that mindset helps us become a better giver and a receiver of feedback. You've been listening to the Side-by-Side Podcast with Annie Purdue Olson and Heidi Zort. Subscribe to get more practical tips women leaders need. Leave us a review. We want to know what you think. We would be so honored if you would share this episode with a friend. And finally, check out our show notes with great links to free practical resources from our guests and ways that you can connect with us. Because we believe we lead better when we lead side-by-side. Side.